All right. Well, this has been way too long overdue. Um, Pittsburgh Baseball Now's very own podcast is back finally. Uh, for some reason, the technical issues have been solved on their own. I didn't do anything mm-hmm. to fix this issue, um, but we're Better here. Yeah, we're here, and uh, we're ready to rock and roll. We have a lot to uh, dive into and not a whole lot of time to uh, do it. But let's introduce the co-hosts. Uh, unfortunately, Big Bear Murph couldn't make it today. He's too busy catching them all at the Pokemon mm-hmm. tournament, kicking ass from what I can understand. Uh, but we have Nola Jeffy here. Nola, what's going on, pal? Haven't uh, spoke to you on this platform in quite some time. Uh, no, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. I'm not catching them all. Because, you know, I'm not talented like Murph, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we but can't all be Big Bear catching those salmon from the lake, man. Just yeah, catching yeah. them all, dude. Um, But, you know, we got and he's, Pirates. And he's winning big. Yeah, we got Pirates baseball to talk about, though. Um, Unfortunately, the Pirates lose two out of three to the Brewers over the weekend. Um, Saturday was one of the weirdest games I've ever attended. Uh, there was a rainless rain delay, and then there was a 10-minute rain delay between the bottom of the eighth, or, yeah, bottom of the eighth and the top of the ninth inning, or the top of the ninth. De Los Santos got one out, and then there was a delay at the top of the ninth. Yeah, that's it. It was that, like, weird of a game where I am forgetting things. Um, but if the rainless rain delay didn't happen, then the game could have proceeded without the second rain delay, but that's for a different story on a different day. Um, Ben Charrington on Saturday spoke with the media. Uh, he mainly discussed, uh, the drafts and NOLA, as you and I both know, that's coming up extremely soon, uh, Sunday, Mm -hmm. July 9th. Uh, the pirates have been on the clock for quite some time. And the consensus one one pick has uh, wavered recently. Um, which, it usually does, right? Uh, and I think we talked about it in the group chat. Uh, what is it, was it called? Uh, prospect fatigue, basically, yeah. with Dylan Cruz. And mm-hmm. guys are finding other ways, bringing up Paul Skeens, even Wyatt Langford, Max Clark, Big Bear's favorite uh, draft pick, uh, from what he's told us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I kind of wanted to get into that, man, because it, it's that time of year. We we have to discuss the draft. And, you know, I've I I finally caved and subscribed to uh, D1's uh, advanced stats so I could look at advanced stats. And obviously, Dylan Cruz is off the charts in, a, in the advanced stats categories. But I also looked at Wyatt Langford's advanced stats, and I also looked at Paul Skeen's. And... First of all, Paul Skeens with a .39 Sierra is just that that's ridiculous. <laughs> that that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh Sean Sullivan was not far behind. I think he was th- ranked 3rd or 4th in that category. Mm. SS squared potential Pirates pick eventually, hopefully. That would be uh, nice to have. S uh, squared squared. Right. Um but Nola, I guess we just go out and ask the question here. If you are Ben Sherrington, who is one one in your opinion? Cruz, I'm still Cruz. I've been Cruz since I'm uh, Cruz day one. I'm still Cruz. 
And that's right. I do think the prospect fatigue kind of has a lot to do with it that, you know, we're at the point where people are trying to find any reason to even really just make it a discussion for discussion's sake, just to argue, I guess. Yeah. Matt, me personally, I mean, I'd honestly be okay with any of the five, really. Skeens, Cruz, Langford, Jenkins, Clark. I mean, whoever they feel is the best prospect that they can develop the best. And then that's also kind of why I land on Cruz, because to me, he's the most refined and polished of the bunch. And as we're seeing with, you know, Henry Davis right now, I feel like their ability to develop hitters is going to be contingent on just they're going to need kids that need as little refining as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And Cruz seems to be that guy from that standpoint anyways. And I, I would argue that Langford isn't far behind in that conversation. Um, I think it may first Langford really turned it on. Uh, I was talking to somebody and I forget, I think he said he had, 25 or 26 extra base hits since May 1st Langford did. Um, and he's – go ahead. Is that, after, is it after he got smoked in the balls? Yeah, I, I think. I think. Um, that that was one of the weirdest injuries I, I've ever seen. And then he just comes back and we're like, holy smokes, I did not expect to see him come back this quick. Yeah, he was supposed to be out like a month plus, and he came back like a week, two weeks later. Yeah. Yeah, because everyone was talking about it. it was pretty serious, and I don't know, maybe it was misinformation or fake news as the balls of steel, came. balls of steel, balls of steel, my friend. Um, but you know, we asked Charrington. Uh, I forget who exactly asked the question, but they just came out right out and say it and asked it rather. Uh, who are you going to draft? And this is quote from Ben Charrington. We're into our third day upstairs. It's good. It's been great and getting deeper into into it. And there's a bunch of good players at the top of the board. It's an exciting time and we're going to get a chance to add a good player. It's one player at the top and we have to choose one. Can't do more than that. So we'll take all the time we have between now and next Sunday to figure that out. He then continued. I think it gets narrower all the time. We'd rather not define exactly how narrow it is right now. He's discussing, you know, the possible picks at 1-1. Uh, but it gets narrower every hour you spend on it. It gets a little bit narrower, but I don't think I fully expect we go into Sunday a week from tomorrow. Still within, you know, multiple considerations at the top. We'll dig into it. And of course, the rest of the board is really important too. So we're spending time on the whole draft and not just 1-1. I like Charrington. I do, but that was a bunch of word salad in my opinion on basically saying nothing. And you kind of have mm -hmm. to expect that because you don't want to reveal your cards because when it comes to the negotiation table, that could play a big factor. Um, so I get why he's being a little cautious as to revealing how big his, uh, I guess, selection is and, revealing who they feel is that one one but i'm kind of with you nola i i still believe that dylan cruz should be the one one but i wouldn't be as mad as i thought i'd be if they pick langford yeah. i am extremely cautious with and i've always been cautious drafting pitchers one one 
um, mainly because of the the history that the Pirates have had drafting pitchers uh, 1-1. I mean, Garrett Cole, sure. But, I mean, there are others before Garrett Cole that have, let's just say, not turned out so well. Um, and maybe that's buyer's remorse. Maybe that's uh, sensible. Maybe that's unreasonable. I don't know. But in my opinion, I think it's between Langford and Cruz. I'm not as high on Max Clark because I don't know much about Max Clark. Um, what I've heard is good, but again, that's a high school bat. It's not as refined or as polished as we've been saying. Mm-hmm. And the college bats available. Um, but yeah, you have anything to add with that uh, in, in terms of schemes? Because he's starting to become the big riser in a lot of people's draft boards. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not against skin schemes. I mean, I do have questions about certain aspects, and there's certain things that kind of worry me. Um, but I'm not going to go too deep into that. But just to say, I mean, I wouldn't be against it. I mean, the dude, he was electric all year. He was a stud and just was blowing people away all year. Um. But me personally, I would probably the way I would kind of look at it would probably be. I know Boris is his agent, and I would probably just be like, "Look, nine million dollars, take it or leave it." Yeah. You either can set the record. I mean, because Adley Rutschman was like eight point four and some change. Like you can set the new record, be the first nine million dollar bonus, the first overall pick. If you don't want it. I would probably then start moving on to Langford, Jenkins, or Clark. And at least for like Jenkins and Clark, yeah, I I can't say I know too much on them. I haven't seen uh, – I don't even think they played in the combine. They might have did the prospect game, but um, that's where I would have to kind of defer to other people to be like, if they believe they're that good or something, then they're probably that good. Because the other thing – I'm not necessarily worried about the fact that he's a high school kid. Just, just like when we look at Jackson Holiday this past year, that yeah, that's... I think too much. I think too much emphasis, and I guess as Pirates fans, we haven't really had the luxury of a Jackson Holiday or an Acuna or a Franco. We get too stuck on ages, and then. You know, people will complain. I mean, Jared Jones would be a college junior right now, and he's he's on the doorstep of Triple A. This Solomato would be a college sophomore right now, and he's he could be in Triple A by the end of the year. True. So, talent always prevails above age. Like age, age really only becomes an issue when we're talking about like a Matt Gorski being 25, 24, crushing high a at that point it's like well yeah you should be crushing high a at that point yeah but talent like with jackson holiday right now talent will prevail and if the kid is good enough and then just dominating then there's nothing to stop them from progressing i mean tamar johnson's seeing some struggles right now so yeah if he had a 1200 ops he'd probably be moving up already but he does it yeah um, and one of the, the narratives that I've seen on Twitter recently, uh, if your rate limit hasn't exceeded uh, yet, uh, if you've seen this as well, uh, shout out Elon Musk, baby. Um, 
some people have brought up the fact that Skeens right now could pitch in the major leagues. And I, I don't know if I'm quite ready to say that yet. I mean, we, we've seen, what was it? David Price pitched, what, like four innings or something in the World Series out of the bullpen once, like, mm-hmm. early. Um, I don't so, remember. So it has happened, but it's very, very rare. And Charrington kind of dismissed that fact, too, when we uh, discussed that with him. He he said that's extremely aggressive. Um, he said, I'm not going to say that it's not going to happen, but uh, basically alluded to the fact that if they were to draft schemes, probably more than likely that he's not going to be in the major leagues in 2023, which good, because the amount of workload that that man has put on already, I wouldn't pitch him again this year. To be and there's really there's really no reason to other than just to appease fans. Yeah. And since one of the pirates been in that business. <laughs> Never. <laughs> um and, and just to uh, I pulled up Langford's uh, advanced stash just to look at them again just to see um if I'm not crazy at all. Um dude had a woba of 529 uh and a weighted runs created plus of 177. Um that's is that good i i think that's good but the crazier fact is is that it wasn't the best the best was cruz so the 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 fact that you have these two college bats available just tells me right away you need to draft one or one of these two college bats if cruz isn't willing to sign at slot Go Langford then. That's fine. But everyone's spreading the narrative of like Cruz doesn't want to become a pirate that I don't get where people are getting that information. He didn't say that. He said he wants his slot value or maybe even slightly above that slot value. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just plain negotiations. Happens every year. Mm -hmm. I mean... I think didn't Marcelo Meyer come out and say something like that? The the Henry Davis draft. I'm I'm pretty sure someone in the, that was a consensus one one at one point mentioned that they wanted slot or above slot value. So I, I don't buy into it. Might have been, it might have been lighter. Maybe it was lighter. I, I know Kumar also discussed uh things of that nature too. Um everyone does it, is basically what I'm trying to get at. Like this year's draft doesn't make anything unique in that aspect. Everyone goes to the negotiations table mm. and aims high because that's where you need to start. You need a starting point. Um, I, I, I think Cruz isn't going to deny a nine million dollar no. signing bonus. Yeah, uh, as my wife Hannah said, no, very loud. <laughs> um, she she doesn't know. Uh, Quite a bit about baseball, but she knows that you're not going to deny $9 million signing bonus um, because you'd be crazy not to, no matter the organization. Um, But NOLA, I kind of want to transition into uh, the later rounds, as you would say, the comp picks, the second rounds, third rounds, etc. The fun fun rounds? The fun rounds, exactly. Um, we all like everyone who follows us on Twitter knows that we love Sean Sullivan 2.0 out of Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because of the irony of having two Sean Sullivan's. The kid can actually pitch. I mean, we've seen him pitch and he's pretty damn good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But are there other names? Uh, because you've watched college baseball a lot more than than I have. I'll admit that. Um, has there been any other college arms that you'd like to see later on in the draft, or even bats? Either one's fine. Well, we could probably start with at least a couple arms. Um, you know, because Murph can't be here, so right. For for respect out of Murph, we'll talk about some arms. Um, <laughs> Well, and and then on that note, I'll mention a couple uh, prep arms too. Um, first would be Cam Johnson, and then uh, the other one he really liked was uh, oh man, why am I forgetting his name right now? Was it Miller Cole Miller? Cole Miller sounds. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was right. Cole Miller. Yeah. Um, now Cam Johnson's currently. I mean, Baseball America hasn't done their update since the. Uh, combine pipeline has him around has him at 40 right now I don't know if he'd make it to 42 I personally with the amount of additional picks that like Oakland Seattle uh, I think Tampa there was one other that are ahead of us that he seems like a perfect guy that they would take but I mean big big tall prep kid was hitting 97, 98 from the left side, committed to LSU. And I know that's something we were discussing in the chat about him in that I wouldn't be surprised if a big reason why he wanted to go to LSU was because of Wes Johnson, who will now be moving to Georgia to become their head coach. So I don't know if he would decommit and then recommit to Georgia to follow Johnson or if he would want to stay at LSU. I think – they could pry him away. Um, onto some college arms. Um, let's see. I know. I think Murph said he was a big fan of him as well too. Uh, Will Sanders. He he got roughed up quite a bit at the tail end and was also coming out of the pen at a point. But I think that'd be a great. He's another. I think you six five, like two thirty, two forty, or something like that. Let me see real quick. Yeah, six six two thirty. Big heat, and yeah. he's heat. he's someone I could see them molding a little bit. Yeah, I think he'd be a good later college get. Um. Obviously, Sean Sullivan. There was that uh, Klassen from Minnesota who was lighting up the radar gun during the combine. Control's not the greatest, but, you know. Well, if something. I remember, Massey had that issue too in Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, yeah, again, that's something we talked about, you know. They plucked Massey, someone that had good big stuff, that but little control. And already it feels like it's paying some dividends. So, you know, when we dip into that pool again and, you know, get classing. Yeah. Um, do, do you feel like, because it kind of feels uh, basically on an even playing field here. Uh, the draft seems deep both at the collegiate level and at the prep level in terms of arms go. I mean, I think you could go on both sides of the coin and you can get a decent player deep in the draft. It, at least it seems like that more recent than other years, in my opinion. Uh, would, would you 
I mean, I feel like, and especially with the bonus pool they have, because we have roughly like, we have like almost 17 million to play with. Yeah. Uh, the first three, four, the first three, four picks, they should just straight up go best player available. And cause there should be no reason why they aren't able to sign all of them. And yeah, I mean, college arms, <clears throat> bats, prep. I mean, watching that combine, like there, there's so many good kids. Yeah. Like, I, I'm really hoping like a Sammy Stafura somehow drops to us. Like if they get an opportunity to draft Stafura, 100% want that kid. Like the swing, watching him field is just so smooth. Um, I don't think I actually got to watch him, but there was that Kevin McGonigal. He's played about mid first round. But he's considered old for a prep kid, which is, you know, if you think back to Brett Beatty, you know, Beatty dropped because he was old, but seems to have worked out for him so far. I mean, he's struggling right now, but um, but, I mean, there there was just so many great kids. Uh, Was it Ty Pete's a shortstop that looked phenomenal? Not another Um, shortstop. Oh, no. (laughs) We we need shortstops. Yes, we mean, Absolutely. I mean, as of right now, that's until, you know, Alika Williams gets called up and goes on a tear and we got our future all-star shortstop. Like, uh, <laughs> you've uh, <laughs> you've injected some life into him since talking about him in the uh, group chat. He's been on a tear in Indy, man. Yeah, I've seen a couple other people mention him before. Um, Not like Torero, it, uh, though. Dilf Magic, oh, I think. <laughs> yeah. Ter- <sighs> I know. Torero. I know. For for anyone, Mur- uh, Mur- Murph was giving me crap about that too. <laughs> for anyone who is out of the loop here, uh, we haven't posted in quite some time because of technical issues. Um, and I, I will say this: this is one hundred percent honest here. Nola called Torero's hot streak before his hot streak really hit the ground running. Um, and then people started talking about Torero, and Nola's like, "Guys, WTF." Um, I called this like we need to get our technical issues figured out. And, uh, you know, eventually we did, a.k.a. uh, Sunday night, uh, July 2nd. Uh, We figured it out. Um, And by figure it out, I mean, I didn't do anything and it happened to work. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess it was my form of unplug it and plug it back in a couple months later and it'll work fine. Um, Don't don't take my do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the draft seems to be one of the most exciting things, especially in our little niche area. And, um, it it seems like the draft has taken off, uh, for everybody really, uh, me and John Parado, we were discussing this, um, and he, and John asked Ben this question too. Um, it kind of seems like the draft has taken on a, a, a huge form. Um, as of late, especially in the 21st century, because in in years past, like when John was first starting out, people might know the first round draft pick for their team. But other than that, they have no idea who the hell they drafted until they make it to the majors, if they do. Um, Mm -hmm. Have you seen that too, like a draft like explosion? It seems like people have taken on just this one specific part of baseball and have made it into like a uh, it's, it's own niche yeah kind of like, deal. i don't even think it's a niche at this point like it's gone global 
You know what I mean? Um, You know, like Ben talked about how he could, he couldn't wait until baseball America came out with their draft rankings on all their prospects. And he would take it to school and how he'd get made fun of by his friends for reading baseball America in class. Like he Mm -hmm. was kind of nerd. And um, John kind of, uh, I guess, felt the same way because he was the same as a kid. Him and his friends would like get together and read Baseball America and things of that sort. Um, But yeah, like I said, does it feel like the draft has taken on its whole persona of not just a little niche anymore, but has like exploded in terms of popularity? Oh, yeah, because I mean... You see writers, you know, the Kylies, the Logan Hagans. I mean, they're baseball America. They're already putting out 2024, 2025 type stuff. And clips of starting tweet threads of like, here's names to know. Like, like, because I think me and you were talking about Tamar Johnson, like an entire year before the draft. Yeah. Because I think at that point, Logan Hagan had him 1-1. Yeah, And we were like watching clips and reading about them an entire year before the draft even happened. Yeah. And that's, I, I, I guess a lot of it too, is that with, you know, Twitter, the way it is, you know, especially now that they have their following and their for you tabs, uh, a lot of it's going to kind of be centered around who you're following. And obviously, you know, like we follow a shit ton of, like I see any kind of, notable I don't know if necessarily say notable but name that's talking people like about like Cape Cod about any kind of type of stuff and I'm just like yeah. follow follow and I just start getting like feeds of just yeah giraffe talk yeah um it was that way for me when I first started following baseball kind of religiously quote unquote mm-hmm. um, when, when I first started getting interested in baseball I had no idea there was like Dominican summer leagues and and the Florida complex leagues and and things of that sort. And I, uh, on the for you page on Twitter, when I first made an account, I saw, uh, an FCL like account. And, uh, I'm not sure if it was Birdland shout out to Eric Birdland. Um, I'm not sure if it was one of his accounts or something like that, but it was a pirates prospect in the complex league. And I was like, Holy crap. I did not know this existed. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, Mm -hmm. You see guys now on Twitter like, holy crap, I didn't know the Cape Cod League existed or the uh, the Summer League, the, the Wooden Bat League, like uh, the West Virginia Black Bears and things of that sort. Um, shout out RIP West Virginia Black Bears, man. We we have to say that right now. Like, missed them. The greatest, missed them. one of the greatest Pirates. Which, and now that you mentioned that too, like, I think that even showcases how much further it's gotten that especially now that you have like the ESPN Disney and Hulu package um a lot of times like if you go on Hulu and you got the like the package or whatever like aside from they would just have all the just random ass college games that are being played yeah. like you wanted to watch Grand Canyon against some other rando it was there yeah you know San Antonio State or something I don't even know if that's an actual place but <laughs> Probably mean, is. Uh, University, uh, yeah, University, uh, Texas, Rio Grande Valley. You could watch them on there, and yeah. I think I flipped it on one time, and it was like, oh, they have Wood Bat League games on there, and yeah. I was like, oh, like yeah. I, that's not something I would have expected would be on 
ESPN Plus or Hulu that random would bad leagues. Or even you watch uh, it on YouTube. Or even the Caribbean series. Uh, I yeah. think it was ESPN who, uh, or maybe it was MLB. I don't know. One of those outlets had the Caribbean series going on. And that's when uh, Sung Chi Chang won for the port for uh, whatever team he was playing on in Puerto Rico. Um, mm-hmm. That's the first time I actually watched it live. Like I've seen highlights, but I've never actually watched games. I didn't know you could. And, you know, the access to all this stuff, it, it can be pricey, but it's also pretty cool to see. I would like baseball to kind of. Uh, <laughs> I get why they do Peacock and Apple TV and all that stuff because more money, more revenue, things of that sort. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to see you reach out to uh, a different population and make it free because there's a reason your demographic is in their 50s right now. Like you got to start expanding and look at us, man. We watch prospects and and things of that sort. Make Mm -hmm. that available. And I think they made a step. Uh, with adding the prospects on MLB app, um, you get MLB TV and you and you get the prospects and you can watch anyone if you just make any team your favorite team. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's kind of easy and simple in that way. But in other ways, MLB is fighting against itself. And I, I know it's it, it's a weird. Uh, I rambled on somehow and got past the fact that the draft has expanded. But that's this show. If you're a first time listener. Um, yeah, but I, I think the last thing I want to end on here, Nola, is obviously Henry Davis, Nick Gonzalez, Carmen Majinski. We're starting to see Ben's guys get called up into the show. Mm-hmm. And I think this uh, little sect of prospects right here, I don't want to say it's going to make or break Charrington's tenure. But I think it's going to help us gauge how their development has gone mm-hmm. and how their development is going to be with, say, this draft and the next draft, if Charrington lasts that long. Mm-hmm. And, and it seems like Davis has adapted in a snap of a finger to major league hit or pitching and, and things of that sort. He seems like the moment isn't too big. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit, I thought... Nikki G was going to get demolished by major league pitching. I, I, I'm i going to admit it. I thought he would. I thought the breaking stuff would just be too much for him. And granted, he hasn't gotten a big hit off of a breaking pitch, but Murph brought this up, I think, on one of his Twitter threads. If he continues to work those counts, he's going to get those mistake fastballs. Mm-hmm. He's made them pay. I mean, you still got to hit those mistake fastballs, and he's done it so far, it seems like. I mean, his first four hits were for the cycle. That That's saying something. I mean, he was the last Pirates player to do that in 2020. Yeah. So, that's a, yeah, I mean, that's what, yeah, we've continued and always talked about is it. just he, if he can get the account into his favor and hit the pitches that he does destroy, then he'll do fine. Yeah. It's, and I, I don't know if it's going to be a matter of, I mean, at this day and age, it, it there shouldn't really be a say, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, because like normally we would talk about how a prospect gets called up to the big leagues and they need to get the book on them to figure them out. Yeah. But there's so much data available. They have the book on them already. 
Like by the time he steps yeah. on dirt in the major leagues, like there's already a book on him. They know how to pitch him. And that's kind of why I think from the start, it was like throw him breakers and off speed because yeah. he isn't going to hit it. Yeah. And if he does get to a point where at least he can work a count, you know, take those close ones for balls, not swing at bad pitches, at least foul some off. Eventually he's going to work himself into getting a fastball. And he just needs to make sure that when he gets that fastball, he takes care of it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure if it was his home run or his other hit uh, Sunday afternoon, um, but I, I think it was an 0-2 count and he took two very close pitches on the edges that were called for balls and rightfully so they were balls. And then he got either a mistake cutter or a mistake stinker. And it was pretty much middle, middle. And he hammered that ball. I I think his homer today was 414 feet, 103.5 off the bat. Yeah. I think it was like a middle, middle 88 cutter. Yeah. Yeah. He hit the homer off the cutter. That's right. And then I think his single or did he get a single or, or a double in his other hit? I can't remember. Single. Was it a single? Okay. Yeah. Um, and that was a middle, middle sinker, a mistake sinker. Uh, uh, yeah. Cause it was off of Ray. He Ray was still pitching when he got his second hit. Um, and it, it's, it's refreshing to see Nick work those counts and, you know, when I spoke to Jerry Triolo, he discussed how AAA pitching and major league pitching, one of the biggest differences besides the the talent and the speed of the game is you're not going to get those breaking pitches that are just well out of the zone. And he called it a free ball. You know, they're going to be nibbling the zone, mm-hmm. going to be just outside. And, you know, it's, it's nice to see that Nick, Nicky G has kind of developed that, I don't want to say great eye, but it, it's an above average eye. It looks like as of right now, he's taking close pitches is what I'm trying to get at. Well, and, and the thing is, I mean, I guess even kind of like we could bring Jack Swinsky into it too. I mean, always the eye's always been there. The walk ability to walk and, you know, take close pitches for balls has always been there. And the issue had always been contact, contact of hitting pitches in zone, you know, mm-hmm. Unless it's middle middle because he just demolishes middle middle. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Uh, the, the discipline and patience and all that is never really an issue. It's just yeah, he just needs to be able to waste those pitches. Yeah. To get himself into a fastball count. Yeah, and it, it seems like he's doing that right now. I mean, he's on a little bit of a, a streak. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry Davis's, I think, nine or ten on base streak ended today with his pinch hit uh, last out of the game. <clears throat> kind of sucks for him, but he does walk out to Freebird, and that is amazing. I just want to point that out. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, John and I yelled Freebird from the press box as soon as he <laughs> he came out. <laughs> John told me a pretty funny story when Leonard Skinner uh, did a show at PNC Park when he was covering, and uh. After the game, Skinner was playing, and uh, right before they started, John yelled "Free Bird," and I think it was uh, John Russell. He said, and John usually John Russell usually kept to himself, and uh, he spoke to John after the game, and he said, "Did you yell Free Bird? Did I hear you say Free Bird?" And John was like, "Yeah," and John Russell said, "That's fantastic." <laughs> you know, that's that a good story to hear. Uh, over the weekend um 
what what have you seen from Carmen Majinski? I know we're running a little late, but I, I want to uh, get your thoughts on Majinski because me and you both have discussed that he needed to move to the bullpen. And he eventually did. And it, it seems like his fastball velo is up. And it seems like he's attacking hitters like crazy. Now, you watch Majinski more than I did, especially last year. Was attacking hitters ever an issue for him? Or is, has this become a, a new philosophy for him out of the pen? I don't really think it was an issue for him or something that he picked up. He just, it was just another one of those guys that had big stuff when he could find the zone. And yeah. he just would have trouble finding the zone all the time. And that's what we always always found interesting was, was he threw like a high 90 sinker in the Cape League or whatever, which is part of the reason why they drafted him. And then they get him into the system, and all of a sudden he was throwing a four seam, and then he went back to a sinker, then scrapped that, went back to a four seam. Right. He's always had like high 90s, some form of fastball, and a pretty filthy breaker. It was just finding the zone. It was another one of those, you know, a lot of the pitchers that we've seen over the years where it's like they have fantastic stuff that when it's on and they're around the zone, good luck hitting them. Yeah. But, this, but they need, but they just have trouble getting around the zone. I think that's why putting someone like him in the bullpen is why it's going to play in his favor because then it's just like, hey, 150% go out there and just let it rip. Yeah. No, absolutely. Shout out Oliver Mateo, a guy who could just never find the strike zone. Filthy slider, though. That slider is deadly. Fastball mm-hmm. high velo too. Just couldn't find his own. Speak, speaking of big arms, that's that's a guy they need to draft. Alberto Rios, that Stanford outfielder, well catcher slash slash outfielder. Is he good? I haven't I haven't really looked into him. Is he? Yeah, no, he's he's the dude that made those two amazing throws to home plate during Super Regionals. Oh, okay. I saw the video. I didn't know that was his name. Honestly, yeah. I I didn't pay attention to Stanford at all this year. It was basically just LSU. Wake Forest, and I always pay attention to Vanderbilt because they always have some kind of guy on their team. I mean, during during the season, it's really – I don't really do too much. It, it's more just – I get really focused in on it during, like, regionals is when I start really watching it because that's, that's when, you know, like, like, I'm at work and, you know, I've got my two screens and my laptop, and I'm like, all right, let me just throw a game on that starts at, like, 10 a.m. noon, and I can just let them play all day on the side while I'm working or whatever, but – but the the combine was great too. There was a couple of names there that it was like, oh, I'd be cool with this guy. Where's Tommy Tanks going? Well, he's next year, so. No, I know. We're, we're, we're like Tommy Tanks. He first round. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's you a, don't know who one one's going to be though. Next year's going to be pretty fun with some of the names. Yeah. For next year, I mean, just. Right off the bat, I mean, <clears throat> back to like an SEC battle, you know, Caglion and or Caglion and Tommy Tanks, like they're they're gonna that's gonna be a battle next year. I think Caglion just because his last name is fantastic. Yeah, and and he throws high nineties from the yep. left side on the mound too. That's always a bonus. A lefty pitcher who can throw high nineties. Mm-hmm. That's why Salamedo, if he actually consistently hits ninety six, ninety five, that's. That's definitely a top. It'd be nice if we got him into a. It'd be nice if we could get consistent readings on him. 
That would be nice because you're right. I, I've looked back at his last starts, and there has to be something wrong with the guns. There just has to be. What's that? What this one in Harrisburg? Like it would only post like every like fifth pitch, maybe. Yeah. And then, and then what was it? Uh, was it Somerset where he was? He threw like he struck a guy out. And I'm like, it was like 84. I'm like that was not. I'm like that was a fastball. That was no. There was a I think a 90 consistently with him, and like 191, and I'm like. They don't look that slow, but maybe I'm wrong. My eye has failed me before. Well, and then you were talking about, was it you talking about Omar Cruz? And you were like, he's like three, four ticks down. Yeah. Yeah. And then I looked up the pitcher that was starting for Somerset. I looked up his like scan report on pipeline. And it said he was generally up to like 97, but was sitting like 92, 93. I'm like, yeah, this gun's bad. Yeah. Yeah. What was it, Richmond? Last year, Murph was telling me their gun was just terrible. There was like a 50-mile-per-hour pitch that it registered. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love minor league baseball, man. It's just – it's it's fantastic. That's why if you could at least get an Indy, at least at least they have the uh, stat cast in yeah. Indy. Yeah. To go and off. Washington, which is nice. Yeah. That cast in Bradenton for me is kind of wonky. I've realized like sometimes the uh, exit velocity is like 43 miles per hour. But meanwhile, it's like 105 <laughs> and you're wondering to yourself, how did you hit a home run at 43 miles an hour exit velocity? Magic. Yeah. We need Murph for that magic gift right away. Um, unfortunately, Murph wasn't able to give his magic to hedges today. Uh, for yeah. the hedges got a hit though. He did. He got a sack bunt and a hit. The sack bunt was nice. It was nice to see another sack bunt from Hedges. He he has mastered that, I must say. I think any pitcher that gives up a hit to Hedges should automatically retire. They should just give up. <laughs> I want to see one more homer from Hedges before this season ends. I just want to see it because I want to see his bat flip again. <laughs> Fantastic stuff, man. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and then the Pirates end up losing like nine to two. Of course. Um, but yeah, that, that's gonna do it uh for this episode in terms of content, guys. Um, as always, we're gonna leave you uh with our socials so you can follow us. Um, I'll start with myself. You can follow me at 2HG013. Uh, you can follow all my work on Pittsburgh Baseball Now. Um, gonna have an article on Jared Triolo this week. At some point, haven't really figured out the date, but it's written up. Just need a date and a time. And uh, Jared's a cool dude, man. Jared, a uh, pretty likable guy. Um, yeah, that, that's about it for me. Uh, since Murph isn't here, I'll give Murph socials. You can follow Murph uh, at double underscore Murphy eighty eight. Um, I'm not entire. I haven't checked his subscribers yet on YouTube, but I'm sure they're higher than. Uh, we anticipate because Murph is a beautiful soul with his videos uh, that I constantly wait for to see his breakdowns. Um, Nola, give out your socials, brother. At Nola Jeffy, N-O-L-A-J-E-F-F-Y. I guess in terms of things I'm working on, you know, obviously the uh, preview, Miley preview article comes out on Tuesdays. There's supposed to be a, draft round table coming out at some point this week. Okay. Um any uh interesting matchups for uh next week's minor leagues? Jackson Holiday. Jackson Holiday. Yeah they're they're facing Aberdeen this week so 
we'll get to see Jackson Holiday go up against like uh, Harrington Massey. That'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I want to see what Harrington can do. He didn't have the greatest of starts his last start, so. Well, yeah, actually, wasn't that bad. He was dealing, and I think he hit a little road bump, but then he finished with was it seven or eight Ks in five innings? I think it was three runs and I think it was three runs in five innings, seven or eight Ks. I stopped watching at it at the road bump just because you know, I I have uh, you know things to do. You, you, well, it's because you can only watch a pitcher for two innings. Make it three, okay? Give me a little generous. Come on, man. Look <laughs> at my MLB the show pitchers, and you'll see why that's a successful formula. You'll see. You won't have a Cy Young candidate, but you'll definitely have a World Series championship on your hands. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying. Also, shout out Mitch Keller earning his first All-Star appearance, man. Really, really proud of that dude. That dude has improved immensely since when he first came up from uh, AAA. I mean, dude, congratulations, Mitch. Good, excellent stuff, man. Um, Also sucks that Bednar didn't make it. Kind of got shafted in my opinion definitely deserved an all-star appearance but maybe he'll be keller well, hopefully he get he gets a reserve i'm thinking when someone drops I, out. I doubt keller's gonna be able to pitch because it'll be what two days rest at that point so maybe bednar's the replacement who knows but anyways guys that's gonna do it for this episode please like rate review subscribe to the podcast um last i checked we're up to 90 subscribers and we haven't posted in god knows how long so we're only 10 away from 100 and we didn't even have to do anything imagine what we can do with the technology we have now um anyways love you guys are working yeah love you guys and uh we'll see you next time later